Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Israel is at the center stage of world events. Israel is the apple of God's eye. It is from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel, that Yeshua will one day rule and reign for 1,000 years. If you want to understand prophetic end-time events and what the God of Israel is doing in these last days, we must keep our eye on Israel. Sign up for Israel on Target. We give you the top news stories coming from Israel each week along with scriptures to pray over Israel. Each week, we also include an Up Periscope special feature article. Each article does a deep dive on topics you won't find in the mainstream media, including big tech censorship and the inside scoop on the coronavirus shots and other hot topics. Stay informed and in the loop. To sign up for Israel on Target, Up Periscope, Go to dailyaudiotorah.com and sign up today. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Matot, and it means tribes. Numbers 31, 1-54 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Avenge B'nai Israel on the Midianites. Then you shall be gathered to your kin. Moses spoke to the people, saying, Let men be picked out from among you for a campaign, and let them fall upon Midian to wreak Hashem's vengeance on Midian. You shall dispatch on the campaign a thousand from every one of the tribes of Israel. So a thousand from each tribe were furnished from the divisions of Israel, twelve thousand picked for the campaign. Moses dispatched them on the campaign, a thousand from each tribe, with Pinchas, son of Eleazar, serving as a Kohen on the campaign, equipped with the sacred utensils and the trumpets for sounding the blasts. They took the field against Midian, as Hashem had commanded Moses, and slew every male. Along with their other victims, they slew the kings of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zer, Hur, and Reba, the five kings of Midian. They also put Balaam, son of Beor, to the sword. The Israelites took the women and children of the Midianites captive and seized as booty all their beasts, all their herds, and all their wealth. And they destroyed by fire all the towns in which they were settled and their encampments. They gathered all the spoil and all the booty, man and beast, 
And they brought the captives, the booty, and the spoil to Moses, Eleazar the Kohen, and the whole Israelite community at the camp in the steppes of Moab, at the Jordan, near Jericho. Moses, Eleazar the Kohen, and all the chieftains of the community came out to meet them outside the camp. Moses became angry with the commanders of the army, the officers of thousands and officers of hundreds, who had come back from the military campaign. Moses said to them, You have spared every female, yet they are the very ones who at the bidding of Balaam induced the Israelites to trespass against Hashem in the matter of Peor, so that Hashem's community was struck by the plague. Now therefore slay every male among the children, and slay also every woman who has known a man carnally, but spare every young woman who has not had carnal relations with a man. You shall then stay outside the camp seven days, Every one among you, or among your captives, who has slain a person or touched a corpse, shall cleanse himself on the third and seventh days. You shall also cleanse every cloth, every article of skin, everything made of goat's hair, and every object of wood. Eleazar the Kohen said to the troops who had taken part in the fighting, This is the ritual law that Hashem has enjoined upon Moses gold and silver, copper, iron, tin, and lead, any article that can withstand fire, these you shall pass through fire, and they shall be clean, except that they must be cleansed with water of lustration, and anything that cannot withstand fire, you must pass through water. On the seventh day you shall wash your clothes and be clean, and after that you may enter the camp. HaShem said to Moses, You and Eleazar the Kohen and the family heads of the community, take an inventory of the booty that was captured, man and beast, and divide the booty equally between the combatants who engaged in the campaign and the rest of the community. You shall exact a levy for Hashem. In the case of the warriors who engaged in the campaign, one item in five hundred of persons, oxen, donkeys, and sheep shall be taken from their half-share and given to Eleazar the Kohen as a contribution to Hashem. And from the half-share of the other Israelites you shall withhold one in every fifty human beings, as well as cattle, donkeys, and sheep all the animals, and give them to the Leviim who attend to the duties of Hashem's Mishkan. Moses and Eleazar the Kohen did as Hashem commanded Moses. The amount of booty, other than the spoil that the troops had plundered, came to 675,000 sheep, 72,000 head of cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and a total of 32,000 human beings, namely the women who had not had carnal relations. Thus the half-share of those who had engaged in the campaign was as follows. The number of sheep was 337,500, and Hashem's levy from the sheep was 675. The cattle came to 36,000, from which Hashem's levy was 72. The donkeys came to 30,500, from which Hashem's levy was 61, and the number of human beings was 16,000, from which Hashem's levy was 32. 
Moses gave the contributions levied for Hashem to Eleazar the Kohen, as Hashem had commanded Moses. As for the half-share of the other Israelites, which Moses withdrew from the men who had taken the field, that half-share of the community consisted of 337,500 sheep, 36,000 head of cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 human beings. From this half-share of the Israelites, Moses withheld one in every fifty humans and animals, and he gave them to the Leviim, who attended to the duties of Hashem's Mishkan, as Hashem had commanded Moses. The commanders of the troop divisions, the officers of thousands, and the officers of hundreds approached Moses. They said to Moses, Your servants have made a check of the warriors in our charge, and not one of us is missing. So we have brought as an offering to Hashem such articles of gold as each of us came upon, armlets, bracelets, signet rings, earrings, and pendants, that expiation may be made for our persons before Hashem. Moses and Eleazar the Kohen accepted the gold from them, all kinds of wrought articles, all the gold that was offered by the officers of thousands and the officers of hundreds is a contribution to Hashem came to 16,750 shekels. But in the ranks, everyone kept his booty for himself. So Moses and Eleazar the Kohen accepted the gold from the officers of thousands and the officers of hundreds and brought it to the tent of meeting as a reminder in behalf of the Israelites before Hashem. First Chronicles 1, 1 to 2, 17. Adam, Sheph, Enosh, Canaan, Mahalalel, Jared, Hanok, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Medea, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Diphath, and Togarma. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodanim. The sons of Ham, Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabtika, the sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush begot Nimrod, he was the first mighty one on earth. Mizraim begot the Ludim, the Anamim, the Lehabim, and the Navtuhim, the Pathrusim, the Kasluhim, whence the Philistines came forth, and the Kaphtorim. Canaan begot Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. The sons of Shem, Elam, Assyria, Arpachshad, Lud, Aram, Uz, Hul, 
Gether, and Meshech. Arpachshad begot Shelach, and Shelach begot Ever. Two sons were born to Ever. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and the name of his brother, Joktan. Joktan begot Almodad, Sheleph, Hazarmathveth, Jera, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Ebal, Abamael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Shem, Arpachshad, Shelech, Ever, Peleg, Reu, Serug, Nakor, Terak, Avram, that is, Avraham, the sons of Avraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. This is their line, the firstborn of Ishmael, Nebaioth, and Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedma. These are the sons of Ishmael. The sons of Keturah, Avraham's concubine, Shebor, Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua, the sons of Jokshan, Sheba, and Dedan, the sons of Midian, Ephah, Epher, Enoch, Abida, and Eldah. All these were the descendants of Keturah. Avraham begot Isaac, the sons of Isaac, Esau, and Israel, the sons of Esau, Eliphaz, Reuel, Jeush, Jalam, and Korah, the sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zephi, Gatam, Kenaz, Timnah, and Amalek, the sons of Reuel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah, the sons of Seir, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon, the sons of Lotan, Hori and Homam, and Lotan's sister was Timnah, the sons of Shobal, Alion, Manahath, Ebal, Shephi, and Onam, the sons of Zibion, Aya, and Anna, the sons of Anna, Dishon, the sons of Dishon, Hamram, Eshban, Ithran, and Sharon, the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Jakan, the sons of Dishon, Uz, and Aran. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beor, and the name of his city was Dinhaba. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah from Basra, succeeded him as king. When Jobab died, Husham of the land of the Temanites succeeded him as king. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Bedad, who defeated the Midianites in the country of Moab, succeeded him as king, and the name of his city was Avith. When Hadad died, Samla of Masrika succeeded him as king. When Samla died, Saul of Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. When Saul died, Baal-Hanan, son of Akbor, succeeded him as king. When Baal-Hanan died, Hadad succeeded him as king, 
and the name of his city was Pa'ai, and his wife's name Mehetabel, daughter of Matred, daughter of Mezahab. And Hadad died. The clans of Edom were the clans of Timnah, Alva, Jetheth, Aholibama, Ella, Pinan, Kenaz, Teman, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Iram. These are the clans of Edom. These are the sons of Israel Reuben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Yosef, Benjamin, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The sons of Yehuda, Ur, Onan, and Shelah. These three, Bathshua, the Canaanite woman, bore to him. But Ur, Yehuda's firstborn, was displeasing to Hashem, and he took his life. His daughter-in-law, Tamar, also bore him Peretz and Zerach. Yehuda's sons were five in all. The sons of Peretz, Yesran and Hamul. The sons of Zerach, Zimri, Ethan, Haman, Kalkol, and Dara, five in all. The sons of Carmi, Achar, the troubler of Israel, committed a trespass against the proscribed thing. And Ethan's son was Azariah. The sons of Hetzron that were born to him, Jeremiel, Ram, and Chelubai. Ram begot Amenadab, and Amenadab begot Nakshan, prince of the sons of Yehuda. Nakshan was the father of Salma, Salma of Boaz, Boaz of Obed, Obed of Yishai. Yishai begot Eliab, his firstborn, Abinadab the second, Shimea the third, Nathanel the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozem the sixth, David the seventh. Their sisters were Tezruiah and Abigail, the sons of Tezruiah, Abishai, Joab, and Asiel, three. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether, the Ishmaelite. Acts 23, 11-35 And the night following the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so must you bear witness also at Rome. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And there were more than forty which had made this conspiracy. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore, with the counsel signified to the chief captain that he bring him down to you tomorrow, as though you would inquire something more perfectly concerning him, and we, or ever he comes near to us, are ready to kill him. And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul, Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Bring this young man to the chief captain, for he has a certain thing to tell him. 
So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and prayed me to bring this young man to you who has something to say to you. Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside privately and asked him, What is it that you have to tell me? And he said, The Jews have agreed to desire you that you would bring down Paul tomorrow into the council, as though they would inquire something of him. But do not yield to them, for there they will lie in wait for him of more than forty men, which have bound themselves with an oath that they will kill They will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him, and now are they ready and looking for a promise from you. So the chief captain then let the young man depart and charged him, See that you tell no man that you have showed these things to me. And he called to him two centurions, saying, Make ready two hundred soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten and spearmen two hundred at the third hour of the night, and provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter after this manner, Claudius Lysias unto the most excellent governor Felix sends greeting. This man was taken of the Jews and should have been killed of them. Then came I with an army and rescued him, having understood that he was a Roman. And when I would have known the cause why they accused him, I brought him forth into their council, whom I perceived to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or of bonds. And when it was told me how that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent straightway to you and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before you what they had against him. Farewell. Then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. On the morrow they left the the horsemen to go with him and returned to the castle, who, when they came to Caesarea and delivered the epistle to the governor, presented Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was, and when he understood that he was of Cilicia, He said, I will hear you, then, when your accusers are coming also, and when he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. Psalm 3, 1-8 Lord, how are they increased that trouble me! Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awakened, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for you have smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Selah. Proverbs 18, 14, and 15. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit 
who can bear? The heart of the prudent gets knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. I want to speak to you today from our reading from 1 Chronicles chapters 1 and 2. And what I want to do is read the introduction to this book that comes from theisraelbible.com. And it really gives a good context and a background for First Chronicles. Sefer Devri Hayamim, or Chronicles, is the final book of the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. Like the books of Samuel, Solomon, and Melachim, Devri Hayamim is divided into two sections which together form a single book. It is traditionally attributed to Ezra the scribe. The first nine chapters of the book contain a series of genealogies tracing the lineage of the Jews who returned from Babylon to Eretz Israel, starting from the time of creation. The second part of the book is mainly a review of events previously detailed in the books of Samuel and Melachim, starting with the death of Saul and focusing primarily on the kingdom of Judah. The book ends with a brief epilogue mentioning the proclamation of Cyrus, allowing the Jews to return to Eretz Israel and rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, as described in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. What is the connection between the genealogies and the rest of the book? And what is the purpose of the book, which is, to a large extent, a repetition of other books of the Tanakh? Perhaps part of the reason Ezra chose to include the genealogies in Sefer Devrai Hayamim is to demonstrate the legitimacy of Jewish settlement in Eretz Israel during the return from Babylonian exile. By enumerating the genealogies of so many people involved in the resettlement of the land and the reconstruction of the Beit HaMikdash or the temple in Jerusalem, Ezra sought to emphasize that the people who had come to Israel were not interlopers trying to seize the Holy Land and its trade routes. Rather, they were natives who had returned to their homeland as a matter of right. Additionally, these lists legitimized the status of the Kohanim and the Leviim of that time, as these roles are hereditary by showing that they are descendants of the original Kohinim and Leviim of the First Temple period. Even though the return to the land of Israel took place only several decades after the final exiles had left the land with the destruction of the temple, their claim to the land had already come under question. As described in Sefer Ezra chapter 4, the new inhabitants of the land were angry that the Jews were returning to reclaim some of their territory and rebuild the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, and they repeatedly tried to prevent that from occurring. As such, we can see why Ezra felt the need to prove the legitimacy of their claim to the land. This might also be the reason that Sefer Devrai Hayamim ends with the permission granted by Cyrus, king of Persia, for the Jews to return to Israel. This provided additional confirmation to the new residents of the land and to the returning Jews that Eretz Israel is indeed the property of the Jewish people.
Since the purpose of the book is to justify the Jewish claim to Israel, Ezra felt it necessary to repeat much of the history of the kingdom of Yehuda. In doing so, he sometimes repeated verbatim what it says in Samuel and Melachim, and other times wrote about the events differently than the other books of Tanakh, in a way that reflects the purpose and messages of Sefer Devri Hayamim. This historical account further strengthens the Jews' claim to the land. Additionally, the first leader of the return from exile, Zerubbabel, descended from the Davidic dynasty. This fact further bolsters the legitimacy of Jewish resettlement and sovereignty, as Sefer Devrai Hayamim continuously stresses that the Davidic line has an eternal claim to kingship in the land of Israel. Finally, the accounts of the repeated sins of the Davidic monarchs, their repentance, and Hashem's forgiveness shows that God did not give up on the Jewish people when he exiled them from Eretz Israel. Rather, he intended for the Jewish claim over the land to be everlasting. Today, as in the time of Ezra, there are those who seek to delegitimize the Jewish people's claim to Eretz Israel. Like the adversaries of Yehuda and Benjamin in Sefer Ezra, they contend that the Jews are no longer the rightful inhabitants of the land, and that others have an equal or superior claim, and that the Jews should be prevented from building and expanding Israel. The message of Sefer Devrai Hayamim justifying the eternal Jewish claim to the land of Israel is therefore as relevant today as it was at the time it was written. Concluding Tanakh with Sefer Devrai Hayamim, which strongly supports the Jewish people's connection to their ancient homeland, confirms the centrality of the land of Israel, which appears prominently in so many chapters of the Hebrew Bible in the history and destiny of the Jewish people. Very well said. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow.